and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman, and thanks for joining me today. Today, I want to introduce you to um, a really super good friend. Uh, he is a ministry partner. Um, he was actually my boss for a long time when I first came into ministry, which we may or may not talk about because that <laughs> might open up the door for things I don't want to have said. Um, but uh, in a funny turn of events, we have become really, really good friends over the years. Um, I think our friendship uh, broadened when he quit being my boss and started being my, <laughs> being my, uh, you know, not really my equal, but sort of. And uh, but anyway, so welcome to my show today, Matt Wood. Thanks, glad to be here. <laughs> so he's already laughing because this is the running joke for this. Is like. Um, I thought he was terrible, and he thought I was terrible, and I was terrible, and he was not nearly as terrible as I thought he was. Well, we, we, we both needed work, and we've both grown a lot since that time. We have grown a lot. He did not know he was getting uh, one of the most disrespectful women on the planet to have to figure out how to house, and... Um, and I was also super intimidated because I had come out of the corporate world all my life, and I'm into ministry, which is a totally different thing. Oddly enough, we've reversed roles. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've moved out of ministry into the corporate world, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But tell us a little bit about you. Man, um, I was in ministry since I was really probably about 18 years old, and um, I, I love it, still love it. Um, I'm married. Uh, I have two kids. We're a blended family, so um, there's awesome challenges, but amazing things that come with that as well. Um, really into sports, uh, my kids' lives, my wife's life, um, and yeah, that's I mean that's that's the basics. So. <laughs> that's who you are. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you became a Christ follower. So uh, I grew up in your typical church family. Um, I became a Christ follower, I think I was, I believe I was about five years old. Uh, oddly enough, it's a funny story. I asked my mom to, you know, help me to, to know Christ when I was really, really young. And we actually said the sinner's prayer on the, I was, I knelt down at the toilet in my mom's bathroom. Uh, it was close. It's kind of like yeah. going to the throne. Right, yeah. It was, <laughs> the lid was down, so... Uh, Oddly enough, I remember that picture in my mind to this day. Um, and so have been a Christ follower my whole life for the most part. Um, and I don't have this crazy testimony that I, you know, uh, murdered somebody and, and uh, God saved me. Um, but I'll tell you this, I, the testimony that I do have is that uh, God has held his hand on me from the time that I was born to, the, to this day today. Um, and so I'm super thankful to, for that and I'm thankful that um, he has walked with me through plenty. I've gone through plenty of difficult stuff, right. uh, but, but I've been able to walk through it with him instead of trying to figure it out on my own. And so I'm really thankful for that. So you got your start in youth ministry. Yeah. Um, and then you moved from there from do, how long did you, were you youth pastor? So I was in youth ministry from about the time I was actually 18, 19 until, um, I was probably 27, 28, um, 30. And then I went into small group ministry with you here for mm -hmm. uh, a few years. Then went back into youth ministry and college ministry uh, at Victory Church. And then um, I stepped completely out of college ministry and just became an associate campus pastor 
at Victory for about five years after that. Yeah, so you were here about a total of almost about 10, 10 years. About 10 years, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we worked together. Uh, I came not too long after you came. I came on staff not too long after you um, came to work here. And so we, we kind of were co- contemporaries in that we kind of came at the same time, yeah. sort of left around the same around time with same each time, other. Yeah. Um, and, and had a really good experience, watched the church grow and yeah. walk through tough tough spots and transitions that were super hard. Absolutely. Um, but when I first met you, you were going through a divorce. Right. And uh, as a, in ministry, kind of talk, a, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about what it's like to have to walk through divorce as a pastor. Because, like, we're sure. pastors. We should have all of our crap together, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was extremely difficult because I came from a world, um, I'm an Assemblies of God minister, and for a long time, uh, divorce was kind of a really taboo subject. Um, let me start by saying this. I don't believe in divorce. I never believed that it was God's ultimate plan for anyone to get divorced. But I also know that things happen. Life happens. Right. Um, and I promise you, I couldn't be any more happy than I am right now with my wife. And our family's amazing. And I wouldn't change that. Uh, it has, in a lot of ways, made me who I am and has helped me become softer and more grace-filled with people. Um, I find that when you go through stuff, uh, you're a whole lot more patient and a whole lot um, more understanding with other people that are going through stuff. And so, um, long story short, it was it was a really difficult time. Uh, there were people that were judgmental. There were people that said a lot of things that they shouldn't have said over that time period. And I had to keep my mouth shut and just, just keep, you know, um, trudging through. But, um, you know, I had people tell me things like, well, did you just not have enough faith for your marriage? Did you... Uh, what did you do wrong? Were there, you know, and though I believe every divorce has, has two sides, it wasn't that kind of situation. I didn't do some crazy thing and, and nothing, nothing crazy happened. It was just a situation where, uh, it wasn't working. And so, um, it was difficult. It was really hard. It was really hard to try to help other people walk through their problems and issues and help them find Christ and, and be in healthy spots when I really wasn't even in that healthy of a spot on my own. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think that was part of the reason that even you and I had uh, clashes at times is because I was not in a place to really lead well. I really wasn't. Um, and you were difficult to lead at times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's a really nice way to put that. <laughs> it is a nice way. But um, I'll tell you what, man. I helped you grow you so did. much. You helped me grow a lot. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was hard. And, and even getting back into dating and trying to figure out what that looks like as a pastor is it's a different it's a different thing because people put you on this, this pedestal and this standard and, and on some level rightfully so. But you're still a human. You still have to try to figure things out and... Um, Thankfully, my wife, I met my wife here at Victory, and um, God blessed our relationship, and we were able to go on and get married. I wasn't have to, you know, I didn't have to go through the whole uh, dating scene a whole lot. God provided and really provided me the right mate, and uh, I'm super thankful. Um, but it was hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, going through a divorce in ministry was difficult. You know, one of the things that I found to be true over time is when you're in difficult situations, um, people... Really, for the the vast majority of people, now this is not true of everybody, but the vast majority of people have your best interest at heart. Like, yeah. So they say things out of the kindness <laughs> of their heart as an attempt to be encouraging. And yeah. <laughs> they don't realize sometimes that, like, you know, did you not have enough faith for your marriage? Like, that's what... 
why? Why right. do we need to say <laughs> stuff like that? You know, yeah. <laughs> it it is not. Um, but they didn't have an ill intent for saying that, right? You know, and sometimes when you're in the ministry like that, you do have to give an account for the choices that you make at a higher level than a lay person who's not up on a platform all the right. time. No, it's true. <clears throat> so. I think it's it's we should make sure that we give grace to the people who ask yeah. ask questions that are difficult to answer, not because they're just be, now some people are just mean. Yeah, like are. let's just be honest. Some people are. Yeah, <laughs> some people are just yeah. mean, and that's and their brokenness just speaks really loud. Yeah. But for the most part, people have their best interests at heart. So uh, you walk through that, you navigated that really well, um, and then you transitioned into becoming an associate campus pastor for one of the Victory Church campuses in Edmond, and. Um, what would follow after that? How long? How long were you at Edmond? I was at Edmond almost five years. So, five years. but during the last couple of years you were there, God began to stir something in your heart. Talk a little bit about that. So it was actually about um, probably a year before I actually left Victory Edmond. Um, I really just began to feel a stirring, uh, and uh, to, to explain that was, I, I guess, it would be. I just felt like something was coming, a change was coming. Um, out of experience, having been in ministry since I was 18, I've gone through a couple of transitions like that where I'm like, okay, something's about to shift. Something God's, God's doing something in me. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know exactly how to identify it, but I know something's going on. And so uh, I just began to pray. I began to pray, God, what's next? What do you want from me? What is the next step? Whether it's here at Victory Church or um, whether it's somewhere else, I'm open. I want to walk in your will, walk in your way. That's what I want to do. And so I just began to pray and just began to pray. And um, I had a couple of words spoken over me. One actually from you. I don't even know if you remember it. Um, but that, that change was coming and that um, I've been in a position for a reason. And uh, I won't go into the entire thing. But at the end of the day, I knew God was, was moving me. Um, but I didn't know when and I didn't know why. I went down to Catalyst Conference uh, with a friend, Judd Chapel, and that entire weekend God just spoke directly to my heart that, yes, something's changing, something's moving. Well, I went in, talked to Pastor John here at Victory, and um, told him, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. I want to be open and honest with you. I feel like it's the right thing to do. Instead of just trying to look for jobs or changes behind your back, I want I want you to know very clearly what's going on. John, in all his graciousness, basically said, Matt, you've done a great job here. As long as you continue to do a great job here, you can stay mm-hmm. and, and allow God to you know to lead you however that, that looks. And what I thought would probably be about a three-month period turned into over a year. Um, I continued to work, continued to do my part, and and to to help with the church and, and continue to help the church grow and things like that. But it 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 began to weigh on me pretty significantly. So much so to the point that I went in, into a fast toward the end of the year for about a two-week period. And I, I just said, God, I need you to speak to me. You spoke to me that something's changing, but you haven't told me what, when, where, how. And I, I was praying and praying and praying. About two weeks after that fast, um... I was on stage leading worship, like physically leading a song, and God began to spoke to, began to speak to me. Um, I, I remember exactly where I was standing. I remember uh, like what it felt like. I remember thinking, "God, you're speaking to me, and I'm in the middle of leading a worship song." You like, know, could and, you be quiet? I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, right, and, and if you've been in ministry at all, 
if if you, when you when you lead, preach, lead a worship, you know that your mind can shift to other things, and you can still be, you know. Uh, and so, basically, God just said, "Okay, you're done." And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, "What what do you mean, God? I'm done. I don't have another job. Right. I I don't have anywhere to go." Um, he said, "Well." Are you going to listen to what I've, I've told you? Or are you going to do things on your own? You've been asking me to speak to you. I'm speaking to you. Are you going to listen? And when God, that's how God talks to me. Maybe he doesn't to you. No, he does. Trust me, he like, talks to me that way too all the time. He's kind of like, I'm going to punch you in the face so you get it. And um, then I'll kiss you and make you feel better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I proceeded that day to call John, Pastor John. And uh, we, we met a few days later. I told him exactly what God had spoken to me. Two weeks later, I left. Um, and, you know, we, we thought about, well, maybe I'll stick around and lead worship. Maybe I'll, you know, some of these things. And, and, and at the end of the day, I really felt like God said, you need to step out. I don't need you to try to find safety nets. I don't need you. I told you to leave. It's time to leave. And let me be real clear on one thing in this. Um, oftentimes when people leave churches, it's because they did something wrong or the church did something wrong. Neither of those things happened here. Right. I love Victory Church. I love uh, what they stand for. Um, I kept myself in character and did the things that I was supposed to do. This was literally God speaking to me and me following his, his speaking and, and, and following his word. And so um, I went to John. I said, you know, I'm, you know here's, here's what I'd like to do. And, and he was awesome and gracious with that. And I, I led for a couple more weeks, and then we were gone. And um, that was in uh, December of 2018, toward the end of December. So quitting right before Christmas is an awesome idea. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just... We're starting the new year off with a bang. Right, no. I, I was <laughs> or, just, a, or a thud. I was really <laughs> urgent. Like, it, I, was, I was so ready to follow God's voice because I felt like he had been so quiet for so long. Um, and, and so when he spoke, I was like, I'm going to act right now. I'm not going to mess this up. Right. So... Um, it's been a, a crazy season for me mm-hmm. um, for all of 2019. And, and 2019 didn't look like you thought it would no, look. No, not, not even <laughs> close. Because what, what were your kind of anticipations about, like, oh, well, I can kind of see this might happen. What, would that, what were your kind of thoughts it would look like? So my anticipation was that <clears throat> I'd already been kind of walking with God through this process for over a year. Well, I thought, well, God, it, you must be on the verge of opening up a lead pastor position or opening up a ministry position or opening I, I I didn't know exactly what, and I still don't necessarily know to this very day exactly what he has planned for me. I have my own thoughts and ideas, but ultimately I want to follow his. And so um, I thought, well, it's it'll be a month or two and something will open up and and. A miracle we'll is give, about to happen. Right. We'll give God the glory for it, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, three months came, four months came, and the money that we had saved up and the money that, you know, we had for to walk through this process, and um, Victory Church was very gracious in that as well, um, it, it w- started to run out, and it was very clear that within about a month, um, we were, we were going to be in a bad place. Well, let me rephrase that. In about a two-month period, we uh-huh. would have been in a bad place. So I started fervently looking for jobs. Like, and we're talking like jobs like uh, any kind of company you can imagine. I applied. I bet I sent 
50, 60 resumes out. And that's not an exaggeration at all. Um, not to mention calls and follow up and um, trying to meet with anybody that, that I knew that had a company. And at this point, I'm scrambling just to think, I got to provide for my family. I've got a house. I've got uh, bills to pay. And so I, I, you know, jump into dad mode fairly quickly. Um, and I couldn't find a job. And let's talk about you because you had a you you were in a place where you had some pretty strict limitations for yeah, what you could no, and could not do. Let's talk true. about that a little bit. So, uh, being in a blended family, um, my my son Luke lives here in Oklahoma City, and his mom lives here as well. We we um, co-parent work together to um, try to make sure his life is as stable as possible. The last thing I was going to do is try to pull my son out. And move him somewhere else. Well, I can't for one because his mom lives here. Mm-hmm. We have um, shared shared custody, and so we have fifty fifty. So he's with me half the time. He's with his mom half the time. And so what that meant was I had to be within a you know thirty minute drive roughly of his school. I'm not. And one thing that I chose, and one thing that I think God will honor for the rest of my life, is the fact that um, I said, you know, I'm going to be a dad before I'm a pastor. Yeah. His life and um, the life of my other son, Siler, as well, uh, he lives with us most of the time, so uh, that part was a little bit different. But uh, with Luke, I, I couldn't go anywhere. And so within a 30, you know, basically a 30, 40-minute radius where I could drive to work every day. And so that limited severely the, the opportunities that I had in ministry. Now, if I could have gone other places, I've had multiple offers from other different places to come and lead churches, to come and... Uh, be an executive pastor, a bunch of opportunities, but I've had to turn them all down due to the fact that God has me here and he's I'm here with my son. Um, and so that's that's kind of what my limitations were. And I think the Bible's really clear about our priorities. It's God, our spouse, our kids, mm-hmm. and then our ministry. And when you keep those priorities in order, God honors that. Yeah. And so God has blessed you in this time, even though you wouldn't, you're not in a five-fold ministry position. Sure. Specifically, you're not pastoring a church, whatever. You're not leading worship somewhere. Um, and I always laugh and say, my husband always says, like, Matt has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. <laughs> Too bad he's the second best singer in his family. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. My sister's pretty amazing. His, his sister is Christy Starling, and she is a super gifted and talent, talented worship leader. But listen, Matt, you're no slouch. Thanks. And um, But so you're not, in a, you're not uh, working at a church. You're not pastoring uh, church in the church itself. Although I believe you're still a pastor, yeah. and because uh, that's the call on your life, and you'll be that regardless of what your vocation says you are. Sure. But so tell us a little bit about the transition into the corporate world. So, like I said, I was looking for jobs like crazy. Uh, I have a college degree, um, have helped put together and manage multi million dollar budgets at Victory, manage staff, all the things that you would think should line up for um, a corporate job and something that, that people would be looking for, right? Um, Man, it just did not pan out, uh, and I, I'm talking about. I was applying at the at, toward the end for jobs where that were paying, you know, uh, significantly less than I was even making at Victory. And it's not like I was making six. <laughs> we don't get at rich working at the right, church, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it, they 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 paid me um, well, and I'm thankful for that and my time there. But I was these jobs were not were not like heavy hitter paying jobs, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, God, what in the world is going on? What in the world? Um, and I remembered back that you and I had had a conversation, 
um, that you know what, if you can't find anything else, uh, you know, you could probably go try to sell roofs for, for Levon. And who is my son, by yeah, the way. And, uh, I always thought, well, you know, if, if it comes down to it and I need to, to make a living, I'll, I'll go do that. Well, it came down to it and I needed to make a living. Um, <laughs> It was either sell roofs or sell cars is kind of where I was at. And I respect both professions, That's it's, but it, it, I needed to figure something out. Right. Uh, I called Levon up. We had a great conversation. He said, why don't you come sell roofs for me? He said, you know, it's not going to hurt us at all. He said, you're a contract employee, so you'll make what you, you know, what you, what you sell. And, um, yeah, let's give it a try. Let's see if it works. So about uh, that next week, I started selling roofs. And... Uh, it's literally one of the last things I thought I would ever be doing. Um, I have a lot of skills that lend itself towards those things, just the way I grew up and the way my dad made us do everything. We didn't hire anybody to do anything. And so I realize now that a lot of that, you know, may have been for this season. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but but um, I, I'm working for Impact Construction Group, and we primarily do roofing. And the transition has been, it's actually been really great. And I love what I'm doing. I'm a project manager. I do sales. Um, and the company I work for is an awesome, awesome company. Um, I'm super thankful. I'm, I'm able to make a good living for my family. I have massive amounts of flexibility. Um, I can go pick up my kids from school every day if I want to. Um, now, there's plenty of days that I work till 6 or 7, especially in the summer. Uh, but But then there's plenty of days that... If I don't have anything going on, I pick my kids up at school at three and I go and hang out with them. So right. uh, tons of flexibility. Levon and Dustin, uh, who, is, um, who is one of the main people in our company, they really treat you like family. And um, I've loved working there. Yeah. It's been awesome. And like I said, God has provided in ways that I didn't see and in... Um, whether it's through referrals or through uh, just relationships, he has totally provided for me and provided for our family. And we have not missed a, a meal. We've not missed a bill. In fact, we got to go on vacation this year, um, which we didn't think we were going to be able to do because God provided in, mm-hmm. in a pretty miraculous way. And I think that that's, I think it's a beautiful thing when you look at, like the Bible says that, you know, um, our steps are ordered by the Lord, that that you know, we set our plans, but God really, yeah. at the end of the day, divide, divides the way. If you follow yeah. Him and you lead Him, and sure. you know, and you follow after Him and stuff yeah. like that, and so, um, I think it's, and I think one of the things that you're, I tell uh, my son, your boss, the leader of the company, that you know, you're like, you got a pastor for your company sure. when you got him. <laughs> like, what a what a great gift. And I, Matt and I've had conversations about that. That maybe in this season. God has you there because he loves those guys that work at Impact yeah. Construction so much. And and he's he you know maybe he knew that they needed that. And so it's it's a great gift. Talk a little bit just a little bit to um kind of tie this up a little bit. Just talk for a few minutes about uh what it's like to pastor in a non-pastor position. Sure. Um I'll tell you what, it, as a pastor in the church, there are um kind of built-in accountability, built-in, like, expectations, right? right? And so being in that since I was 18, that was easy for me to operate in. It's the the sphere that I've been in really more than anything. I've, it's where I'm comfortable. Where some people would be, it would be weird for them to walk in in that and walk among that. That really is the comfort place for me. And so um, 
it was interesting going into the corporate world because nobody has this massive expectation that I be a certain person. Mm-hmm. Um, now I made it very clear to all these guys that I'm a pastor and that, and, and multiple of them knew me in that, in that role, in that position. Um, but what I quickly found was that I had to really be accountable with my actions, with my words, how I handled myself. Luckily, that's how I've tried to live my life. I don't want to say luckily. I've chosen that that's how I've tried to live my life. Uh, I'm not perfect, and there are bad days for me just like anybody else. But um, I'll tell you, it has, been, it, was, it has been really cool to live my Christian faith and live my life out in an area and in a world that is not full of that. Right. Um, and so it's been cool. God has given me opportunities to speak to multiple people in the company about things and situations that they're going through. And I believe that that's one of the reasons God has, has put me there is to help them uh, walk through some seasons in their life that have been difficult. Um, and I won't go into details because uh, that's not important, but I know this, that God has me there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think this relationship um, will will be there for a long time. Uh, do I think I'll be selling roofs for 20 years? I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. I um, hope not. I hope you're I, back on the platform I, yeah, sometime I, soon. Ultimately, ultimately, my goal is to be back in full-time ministry. Um, but I can always see myself being a part of Impact. Yeah. And I can always see myself, whether it's doing it on, on the side to make extra income or whether it's um, even just my relationship with these guys continuing, um, I want that that to be the case because... I've really developed friendships and almost like a family bond with, with some of these guys. And um, I really am thankful for the opportunity, even though it was an opportunity that I was like, there's no way that this is what's going to, where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was asking God uh, probably about a month and a half, two months ago, God, I'm, I love my job. I'm thankful for, but why'd you choose roofing? And I felt like God really specifically told me this. He said, I sent you there so that the people in that company could know that I love them. That's awesome. And in their dark times and their good times, that I love them. And um, not everybody in our company is a, a Christ follower. And so I think in this season of my life, I'm trying to use what I have, what I know, what I can offer them to be a listening ear, to be a sounding board, to be somebody that can hopefully offer some some level of wisdom and advice Um and uh, I really, I, I'm enjoying it, and, and I, love, I love working for, their, for this company. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I always like to tie up um, my podcast with just a little bit of fun questions first. Thanks for joining me and hanging out with me. Yeah, it's absolutely. been fun to hang out with you. Um, so I'm just going to ask you some, what I call them, rapid-fire questions, right. right? Not deep and theological, just what you got. Uh, and so, um, so my question to you is, you're a lot younger than me. I'm, way younger. I'm practically old enough to be his mother. <laughs> Not practically. You have a son almost my age, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, so my question is, can you tie, how old were you when you learned to tie your shoes? Oh, pro, no clue. Probably older because I, I loved Velcro shoes growing up. So <laughs> it was probably older than it should have been. Can you tell time on the analog clock? Absolutely. Because <laughs> I, I love to ask, can you count back change? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I worked, I, I worked for Eckerd Drug for a long time counting change back. Okay. Cause a lot of people your age struggle yeah, with that, that's right? True, yeah. Right. Are your kids still learning cursive? 
Uh, my kids don't know cursive. They don't teach it anymore. I know. I write stuff to people. I remember one time one of our interns here at Victory when I was on staff, I wrote something to him, and he's like, Mama Lisa, I can't read this. <laughs> I'm like, what? So anyway, um, so if Jesus had a candy bar, what would it be? Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, you're almost right. <laughs> Besides the Bible, what's the best book you've read lately? Uh, probably, well, I, I do a ton of audio books. Mm-hmm. I, I'd listen in the car. And I call that about, reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, probably Circle Maker by, um, Mark Batterson. That's good. I've read it about five times in the last six months. So what's the sweetest thing your wife's done for you lately? Uh, she bought me some shoes. I needed some shoes real bad. I, that's not true. I like shoes. <laughs> so she bought me some sick, uh, Adidas okay. actually yesterday. Awesome. And what's uh, what's your love language? What's your top love language? Um. Well, as every man, probably physical touch. But uh, secondly, would probably be words of affirmation. Awesome. Uh, I think that's really common among men. Yeah. I find that to be really common love la- primary love language for men. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, what's a movie you watch over and over? You could probably recite the dialogue to. Uh, I don't know if this is good or not. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> okay. It's better than some I can think yeah, of. Sure. <laughs> um, if do you have a life verse? Um, I don't know that I have a life verse per se. Okay, that's awesome. Um, if you could say one thing to make Jesus famous, what would it be? If he used me, then he's got to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be way better than we can even imagine. You know, that's, like, <laughs> I mean, that's really awesome. So, I know you. I think you're great. Um, so thanks for hanging out with me. Um, you know what? It is, it is always my privilege to bring people onto my podcast that I think everybody should know. And I just am so blessed that God has graced me with some really amazing people. And one of the things I love about Matt more than anything is that I've learned that relationships really grow over time. And, uh, don't judge a relationship by the first, you know, the first part of it, because over time you realize that there's greatness um, in it. And sometimes use, God uses difficult relationships to refine us. And sure. so I think that's one of my favorite lessons that I've learned with him. And um, and so anyway, so I want to thank you for joining me today on the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. This is that time in my podcast where I ask for three favors from you. Uh, it's kind of the trifecta of favors, if you will. First, if you are a new listener or if you haven't done this yet, would you just hit that subscribe button and that way all of the latest podcast episodes will be in your feed. Second of all, would you go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating that sort of helps us bubble up to the top because let's be honest, Melissa Zimmerman is a hard name to spell. And finally, if you would share our podcast with your friends and invite them to take a listen, uh, we have some really good opportunities to meet incredible people. And so I just want to tell you that if you're interested in uh, bringing Matt in to preach for your church, you would be absolutely super, super blessed to do that. Uh, If you need somebody who can kill it on a worship set, he's your guy too. So I will put how to connect with Matt on um, the show notes. I guess also if you need your roof, if you're in the Oklahoma City area and you need a free roof inspection, Matt's your guy too. So Uh, Anyway, just uh, thanks for hanging out with me today. And remember, until we meet again, he doesn't waste a thing.